On today's episode of the Investing Revolution, we're going to talk about cash flow. We're going to open up a spreadsheet. We're going to dive into it. We're going to talk about how to find a cash flowing property and how to keep it making you money every month. This is the Investing Revolution, a podcast designed to help your real estate investment strategy. On this podcast, we'll teach you the actionable steps to take and pitfalls to avoid so that your real estate investing can thrive. Welcome to the Investing Revolution. I am your host, Jonathan Cook, and with me is my great friend, Christine Bennett, my co-host. Hi, guys. Hey, Christine. So we're talking about the thing today. Are we talking about... Well, there's a lot of things, Christine. Oh, I know. Are we talking about the big thing? We're talking about the big thing. That's just cash flow. Okay. So we're talking about are we talking so about cash flow. It's of like, course, we're talking about cash flow. It's like my, one of my favorite things. Do you not think that I know that we schedule these episodes and we plan them out, and I know okay, what we're going to well, talk about before we talk about the it? The thing is, is this is the I ruined the magic. Yeah, and I know it is. It is the thing. I feel like every every episode that we've done so far is ultimately been leading to this right mm-hmm. this is this is like big number one i've got a spreadsheet out i'm looking at the spreadsheet you have the same spreadsheet out we're actually going to talk about we're going to we're going to deep dive we're going to get literally excel spreadsheet granular and talk about finding a cash flowing property building a cash flowing property making sure that your property is actually cash flowing and how much that cash flow can mean does that sound right to you is that what we're going to do yeah yeah. That's, that's what we're going to do today. Yeah. We're going to mind blow. Let's get into it. So real quick, let's give a quick overview. When we say cash flow, we mean the amount of monthly income your rental property is bringing in after expenses. How many expenses are there, Christina? Is it is it just your mortgage? No, baby. Yeah. It's it's a little bit more than that. It's a it's lot a bit things. more than that. Yeah. yeah. It's there's there's ways to calculate this before you purchase a property to, to make sure that what you're buying and what you're trying to fit in a cash flow model strategy actually is there because you can buy a lot of properties that that have some cash flow but that's not optimizing a cash flow property uh, you know strategy. We're, we're talking about optimizing this in a way that that you're bringing in major cash flow. We're talking about a 21% cash on cash return. That's what we're talking about here. And, and at least this example spreadsheet that we have pulled up, which is actually based on a real property. Mm-hmm. Um, so this spreadsheet that I have done uh, was an example that actually you and I had been discussing this when we were talking about um, some of our own investments, right? Yep. Like the, the, the purpose of this is where do we find properties? Where can we go and look and build this model with major returns for our investors and can, can show them a like ideal version of what this is. And this was one of the, uh, one of the properties that I, I, I had come up with, you know, th- this one isn't, it's definitely not the best one. I, I literally targeted this one because it is the median in the area where it was at the time. It was not the best option. It was like, so if we optimize how the strategy works, you can even take this property, which, uh, I mean, the address doesn't really matter, but the idea is this was a $150,000 property that 
is essentially rent ready at the moment. It probably needs some paint. It probably needs a little bit of flooring, some carpet, some stuff like that. But it would be cash flowing if you bought it right now. This is a turnkey property, basically. This, this address, this spreadsheet represents buying a property that is rent ready right now and is a cash flow property. Cash flow positive. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Because you can have negative cash flow, but that's not what we're talking about mm-hmm. today. So in, in, in a property like this, Christine, where, what, what is, all right, we've talked about C-class properties in a previous episode. To me, and, and now this is just my opinion on this, I seem to find significantly more cash flow optimized properties in this kind of lower income C-class area. Um, and, and there's been a lot of work going on in the area. Uh, there, there's been a lot of people that have been putting some work and some flips into some of these areas. And that's and it's representative in the, those median price ranges rising up and the rent prices rising up, right? Also the appreciation. Yeah, absolutely. And so what we're able to do in, the, in these areas is purchase and and you know what let's let's not beat around the bush i mean this property was in griffin this is griffin georgia so griffin is uh, i mean less than 15 minutes away from where we're sitting right now in the podcast studio um it's it's just down the road from us it's we're talking about in in south georgia or south south atlanta not south georgia south the south atlanta metro um griffin is a really cute little town um it's it's an older area. The homes in that area are all built, you know, in the thirties, forties, fifties era, you know, that they have a very similar look. Um, you know, it's, it's all those small, would you call that cottage style or would you call that like a bungalow? I would say bungalow. Okay. Um, I think the key here Mm -hmm. is 15, 15 minutes from where we are, Mm -hmm. but 30, 45 minutes from, Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, that's, this is the true, this is a true secondary market. Yeah. This is just far enough to where it makes uh, rental house, rental properties mm-hmm. affordable for people. Yeah. Um, this is, this is basically the, a prime example of how you can, you can find something in this market mm-hmm. right now that is cash flow positive. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to go back though. Okay. Cause I think. I think our listeners really need to understand how simple this is, how simple the process is. Okay. Um, so, Jonathan, yeah, you geeked out. Mm-hmm. Let's go over. <laughs> let's go over gross gross monthly rent. Okay. What does that number look like for this property? So, all right, the the gross monthly rent on this property is eleven hundred. Mm-hmm. So, and the way I calculated that, um, I mean, it's there's no one direct way to find a rental value because just like any other market it's what someone will pay for it right so this area has rental properties in it reaching you know eighteen hundred dollars a month and in a few cases that's not prototypical um it's pretty rare that you see something like that but but the top of the market reaches around eighteen hundred now eleven hundred also isn't the cheapest um eleven hundred is right along with the median. I mean, this year alone, there have probably been uh, maybe a dozen or so properties in this little small town alone that have rented between, 
you know, a thousand and twelve hundred dollars, you know, right there along that that eleven hundred dollar is kind of that little sweet spot. And and they definitely range in quality. I mean that that the ones on the less expensive side are two bedroom instead of three. Mm-hmm. They you know are carpet instead of LVP. Um, lower end finishings. Yeah, lower end finishings. But the higher up you go, that the eighteen hundred dollar a month property, that was like a completely refurbished, refinished, like um, you know looked like a a era appropriate complete rehabilitation it was beautiful um and actually just slightly north of these areas um are some new brand new construction homes too and so those are renting you know upwards 1800 and up so that's what's bringing in the rents and that's what's driving those rents up along with the fact that we have several investors that that are entertaining that area and creating good high quality products which are slowly rising the rents not over that eleven twelve hundred dollars a month range but it's it's taking those eight and nine hundred dollar a month properties and there's there's less of those for sure but because they are much fewer properties that are in as distressed and i don't mean distressed but i mean just in as low quality as possible so it's just bringing in more money and stuff like that but what's crazy is like when you look at buying a bunch of investment properties are you looking like at the economic drivers things like that and you're like oh what does griffin have in an industry wise there's a lot of retail and stuff like that but it's it's close to atlanta Mm -hmm. but it's not in atlanta and there's tons of stuff in the atlanta area that these people could work at people in the southeast we don't mind driving 30 to 45 minutes for work nope and this is why you're gonna see so many secondary markets that have a ton of properties like this Uh, they're just far enough just close enough and so we won't give the address but we're talking about the gross rents what it, what does it cost to actually run this property <laughs> let's 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 really dive in okay so i don't want to jump into the first month i mean i have our um our management fees attached to this um we're just going to run into just like month month three month two it doesn't really matter um that, it's a good example so management fees on this eleven hundred dollar a month property is going to run you seventy seven bucks at the moment. I mean, our management fees are seven percent. That's what ours are. Um, maintenance. Well, I'm going to finish with maintenance. Is that okay? I'm going to skip that. Yes. Sell at the moment. Um, we're going to look at taxes. So taxes on this property annually are nineteen hundred and eighty two dollars. You do pay that all at once. You don't pay that monthly, but you need to divide that out monthly to truly calculate your monthly cash flow. So when you divide that out, it's $165.17. That is a that should be viewed as a monthly expense. Um, your insurance, so I was using average insurance pricing in the area based on square footage. The, the annual insurance for this property is $626 and no cents on that one, which that divides out to $52.17 a month. Mm-hmm. And again, some people pay that annually some people can pay that monthly um depends on what your structure is and it can go up and down so i want to skip over the vacancy for, oh, okay. for the moment okay i want you just to, want to jump down to the line yeah jump to 
subjunctive loan, and we'll talk about what debt service is and that sure. sort of thing. So the debt service, the loan, that's that's your principal and interest uh, based on a, in this case, it was on a 3.5% rate, which is, I know that that's changing, and depending on when you hear this episode, it may be vastly different, but at the moment when this was calculated, it was at about 3.5%, and a mortgage on this $149,000 house uh, with a 20% down payment was $542. That's super, super, that's principal and interest. That's that's a pretty good monthly payment for bringing in $1,100. Now, are we bringing in you know, are you, is your cash flow $600 a month? No, of course it's not. Is it $500 a month? No. You have to calculate all that in there. And if you're not calculating all of these, there's the reason that I break it down monthly, even for things that you pay mm-hmm. annually. There's a reason, and I'm going to get into, do you want to talk about vacancy or do you want to talk about loan first? So, or vacancy or maintenance? So I think we because should. Because there's a reason that I have them calculated the way that I do. Yes. I think we should talk about Let's talk about maintenance. Let's talk about what the expectation for a property okay. like this should be for maintenance mm-hmm. and why we chose that number. Okay. So I have an annualized uh, maintenance fee on this property or maintenance cost on this property annually at $602.80. That is, that is the actual annualized number. Does that mean you're spending 600 and you know, some odd dollars? $602 every single year in maintenance? No. I mean, that breaks down to $50.23 a month, which does that cover, I mean, even like a service charge? Not really. But wh- why did I come up with $602.80? Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of calculation to this. It's, it's based on square footage is one of the biggest issues, to be perfectly honest. Um, And I know when you think real estate, uh, you know, good real estate, you're like, oh, what's the most square footage? I can get the most for rent for that. And while that can be true, if you own a rental investment, square footage can sometimes be the enemy. Mm -hmm. Because if you have to paint the entire thing and you have 1,500 square feet, that's going to be a whole lot easier on your wallet than if it's 3,000 square feet, right? This is why it's so important to plug these numbers in from the beginning. And actually, I would even argue this is something you should be doing every year. You should really sit down, look at your portfolio, look at how the property is performing, look at what you actually spent in maintenance, Mm -hmm. because we deal with this all the time. Yeah, I know we do. You know, owner calls, oh my goodness, I just spent X amount of dollars on this repair. I'm like, oh, okay, so how much did you budget for? Mm -hmm. What do you mean budget for? Exactly. I mean, and that's why we keep reserves for certain people, but you're, you're absolutely right. If you're not planning for it, then when it hits you, it's it like, hurts. oh, it's shocking. It's, it hurts. I mean, it's the same thing that we talked when we, when we were discussing uh, like roofs and stuff like that in a long-term buy and hold. You have to plan for these things. Things mm-hmm. are going to, you own this property and you're going to have to handle regular maintenance. Mm-hmm. These properties aren't going to last forever. Nothing Nothing in a real in in a property is going to last forever. Everything has a shelf life. Everything has a half life. We talking about paint, paint in general. Even if you have good quality paint, that's going to at most, if nobody is scratching it or beating it up, it's going to last you about seven years. Flooring probably actually a little bit less than that if it's carpet. So real quick. Mm-hmm. So everyone kind of understands where we get these numbers because mm-hmm. I know it feels or sounds arbitrary sometimes. So the 
what Jonathan was just talking about was the the notion of useful life. You know, Correct. how long yes. do these things last? Absolutely. So it's it's one of those concepts that we share with like the insurance industry. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to gauge how to prepare these numbers. Absolutely. And, we and need, it, it factors yeah. into security deposits. Even. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So when I calculate a monthly maintenance cost or even just the annualized maintenance cost, it's not how much would it cost to repaint this house and redo the flooring if that needs to be. And what if the HVAC goes out and what if there's plumbing issues? No, it's not that it is. You calculate a turn cost that, and, and average out how much is a turn actually going to cost on this property if your average lifespan on a, on a tenant is three years, which that's what ours is. How much is it going to cost to turn this property, repaint, recarpet the thing? There's a number there. And then you add in additional maintenance costs on top of that for likely issues like your plumbing and little things like that. And there's an annualized actual percentage number that we use for that as well. We add it all together, divide it by three. Now it's annualized. <laughs> and then guess what? Then after you do that, divide it by 12. <gasps> There's your monthly maintenance cost. Ta-da. So you're going to find too, a lot of professional investors or investors who have a larger portfolio, it is not uncommon for them to take that guesstimate. It's an educated guesstimate on how much it's going to cost. It's not uncommon to put that in a separate reserve. And it's actually pretty smart to do that because you don't have to worry about it when it hits you. It doesn't really affect your actual cash flow numbers no, of course not. and you have a little piggy bank and, and and to be perfectly honest when when i am discussing um an investment analysis with a client that's the reason that i show it monthly this is the reason that i show these things monthly to allow them to plan and take a reserve every time you make you get this 1100 dollar payment you've got to take all these things out. Even though you haven't paid $50.23 in maintenance this month, go ahead and set it aside. Maybe it hasn't cost you that yet, but eventually you're going to have to use it. Set it aside for a second. Go ahead and put it in a reserve account. That's, mm-hmm. It's not hard to set those up, but they are absolutely invaluable when you have them there. Yep. Because that's going to save you for when the inevitable, uh, the sink is leaking. Well, a sink is going a leaking sink is probably going to cost you more than 50 bucks. Let's be real. We got to send somebody out there. They're going to do some work and it's going to cost 120, 180, 200 bucks. Some, some number they're going to come back with whatever, whatever fix they have. Okay. Well, if you've got four months saved up, guess what? No worry. You, you, there's, I mean, you're prepared for it. So shameless plug. Mm-hmm. This is obviously why I think it's important to have a property management company oh, gotcha. because Vendors, contractors, they know that we generally require or prefer to have cash on hand for an owner or for a portfolio. That gives us the ability to get better rates, you know, get better quality vendors. It's it's simply because we are reserving some of their funds Mm -hmm. so that you don't have to worry about, oh, how are we going to get paid? It's already there. And aside from that, the just to kind of piggyback on why it's important to have a property manager is the reason that our general contractors, aside from those reasons that Christine just was saying, uh, the, one of the other reasons that they give us good rates is because we give them a ton of business. Of course. Absolutely. So that's how I calculate maintenance. 
Do you want to talk about vacancy? Yes. Let's go to this. So vacancy that I have calculated in this, um, let's see what, what is my actual vacancy cost on this? $550. Where does $550 come from? It's based on average days on market. Ta-da, done, easy, it's Mm -hmm. simple. It is unbelievably simple. So days on market is the time that we are marketing your property. That is, we have put a for rent sign in the yard, which we don't actually do, we put them on the internet because nobody looks at signs in yards anymore. Uh, So it is being marketed on your Zillow's and all your other stuff. How long is it gonna take from the day that it hits the internet to the day that someone is in the property? In this area, the median days on market time frame is 15 days our median time on market is nine right now as mm-hmm. a company but when i'm calculating this for an investor i'm going to calculate it based on market statistics not just our performance because realistically even the, these maintenance costs we could probably bring them down a little bit because i know we can get it a little bit cheaper than this so i average these out based on market information for the most part um when I'm looking at that vacancy, if it's going to take 15 days to lease, well, then you lose half of a month's rent. Mm-hmm. That's $550. There you go. There's your math. So, And that's a real hard loss, right? It is real money that is is no, you have no it's, way it's of recouping. It's an opportunity loss. Exactly. So when you're looking at these numbers, it's really important to watch over the variable expenses. Those variable yep. expenses are the two we, we just talked about. Mm-hmm. That is, how long is this property going to sit on the market without having a tenant or having uh, making money, being yep. productive? How much are we going to spend on maintenance? And maintenance is, we're going to do an entire show <laughs> on maintenance specifically, <laughs> but the better you plan for it, and the better you uh, anticipate it, you're going to be in a lot better situation. Absolutely. And, and, and that's exactly right. You've got to plan for realistic numbers. If, if you are planning on some arbitrary number that someone told you on, you know, some article that you read or some whatever, it doesn't matter what it is. If someone told you. Or not planning at all. Or not planning at all. Uh, and, and then you start getting these expenses. I mean, and you're like, well, I'm. You know, it's written for eleven hundred dollars a month. I was hoping to get five hundred dollars a month cash flow. Well, you have made a mistake from the start. There's no way I can overcome that. Even if I cut my maintenance cost to zero, even if I lease it in the day that it you know is available, those are the only actual variable expenses. Mm-hmm. Hey, guess what? How how much cash flow are you making a difference from that? So that's a uh, hundred dollars better. You're not near 500 because the actual ca- the monthly cash flow on this is 167 dollars and 50 cents which that's not a crazy number but also this is a super low investment you're spending you're actually coming out of pocket some thirty thousand dollars like that's with a down payment and actually spending almost three grand on making it truly rent ready mm-hmm. like that's, that's not a lot it is not and you're making back 167 dollars a month that's really good cash flow there's your 21 percent cash on cash return after three years it's a major number like it's it's some big dollar bills right and if i cut it if i add a hundred to that now you're at 267 actually because it's not a hundred it's 45 and 50 so it's you know not it's 95 dollars. but let's say you add a hundred dollars back into that with your variable expenses are you to 500 no you're not even close you're halfway there it's half and that's why it's important to calculate these numbers to get a realistic idea 
of what this is supposed to be before you buy it. So this right here is what separates you know, the one, the investor who has one, two, three, four properties from the investors who have hundreds of properties. And it really has, it has very little to do with, you know, where did they find the funding? Where did they get the money? How did, how did this happen? It's this right here. It's looking at what you can actually make on a realistic scale from each property. And this is yeah, this is where you see successful growth in a portfolio. You see the positive cash flow. And then, so we'll go back to those variable expenses. Mm-hmm. You're gonna find sometimes, and Jonathan, you can elaborate on this. Yep. You're gonna find sometimes that you will even see larger investors put the maintenance number at perhaps zero for most months. Yeah. And then in month five, they have that annualized number but sure. it's it's just based on like second quarter yeah. losses, third quarter losses, because sure. that allows that allows them to basically set themselves up for refinancing. Um, it, there's a lot of ways to kind of play with it. Oh, absolutely. There and, and yeah, absolutely. There are ways to you know enhance some of these numbers. I mean, mm-hmm. exactly that. If you're going quarterly on something like that, or how about this novel idea? What if you planned your maintenance out from the start what if you took care of a lot of your capital expenses from the beginning when you bought the property you went ahead and realized hey my hvac is 13 years old maybe we should go ahead and set aside five thousand dollars to replace that hvac system in two years or do it right now or do it right now and not have to worry about it and a lot of times you'll well, see you'll that. Miss those service charges exactly right? yeah, and a lot of times charges, you're yeah. going to see that that rental income mm-hmm. when you can advertise it hey brand new hvac system brand new floors brand new this mm-hmm. that 1100 dollars number is usually going to climb from yeah there. absolutely it is on top of that that those days on market <laughs> yeah. 15, 15 days we can we can drop that a little bit too what if you've partnered with your property manager before you bought the property and while you're getting everything ready, you're, you're finishing up all the rent ready stuff, you go ahead and start marketing it before it's actually rent ready. You pre-market this thing so that in day one, day one, you already have 15, 20 showings scheduled. They come in there, you have an offer for rent, you know, you've got several applications, completed applications, day two, day three. Hey, what are those two variables that we have? Maintenance and vacancy? Oh, what if we just cut those down significantly lower because we're actually working with the the best people in the industry at making that. And I don't just mean us, I mean, your property managers, that those are the best people to be able to handle those, uh, those, those two tasks, right? Exactly. So, just for I don't I I don't know if you guys had pens if you wrote any of these numbers down but let's take that vacancy number out real quick okay or let's reduce that to five days on market okay. and see what okay. happens so okay if you reduce it to five days on market that vacancy goes down to fifteen dollars and twenty eight cents a month or annualized it comes down to one hundred and eighty three dollars which puts your monthly cash flow at one ninety eight. Ta-da. Yeah, ta-da. yeah, it's it's so unbelievably simple. Han- handling this properly is beyond important. Mm-hmm. Calculating realistic numbers is the way that you 
change your life from I am making say say you're the average worker in America um, you could make you know what what a like 50 grand a year is that I think that's an, annualized income in America yeah. something like that I something suppose like that. whatever it is uh, and, and you need more actual annual income to meet your financial goals for success in your life oh well, look at this 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 adds fifteen hundred dollars in your first year year two that fifteen hundred dollars becomes twenty six hundred and seventy nine dollars year three you've added three thousand dollars to your annualized income in in just three years you've added seventy two hundred ninety one dollars and sixteen cents to your income and we haven't even started talking about capital gains let's talk about appreciation on your cash flowing property christine yeah, so um, I'm pretty sure if you are watching or listening and you're within a couple months of when this aired. Sure. Most of the markets that we have a strong If it's 2022, in, anyways, how about that? Yeah, if it's 2022 <laughs> and you were here for 2021, we've had markets that appreciated by almost 20%. Oh, God. So. I mean. It, I'm going to. I'm going to interrupt you because I'm going to talk about Griffin because I've got the numbers here in this spreadsheet. So mm -hmm. when I perform a cash flow analysis spreadsheet for people, I put in very specialized market history. So I have the last five years worth of rental history medians for that area. And we watched it climb an average of 10% a year. So 795 up to 900 and then up to currently 1100. I mean, like it goes up. But the actual sales value, so Griffin, and not all of Griffin, because Griffin is a much bigger city than the area in which I'm talking about here. We're talking about a very specific area. It is the downtown section. When you're looking at it on a map, the actual city lines go way further than where the grid is. But we're talking about like the actual overlaid grid of Griffin, right? Uh, in 2018, the median sales value for Griffin was 28200 bucks. That is super low. It went up the next year to $36,005. That is a 28% increase. Because when you're dealing with much lower price ranges from the start, yeah, that's that's not even a $10,000 difference, but it's a 28% increase on your money. So when you're starting out in a, like I said, a C-class area or a transitional area, these numbers get so much bigger because you're starting out with so much less from the start. We got to 2020, the medium was 39,209. In 2021, this is the massive ridiculous jump. The median price point in 2021 was $71,151. And, and look at the difference between- That is an between... 81% increase. If you bought this property in 2018, you've already made over a hundred thousand dollars on this property i mean you've, you've you've made ridiculous money on this property mm -hmm. I mean, while having a positive cash flow yeah so i want to skip back to year two okay because i want i want to really put it in perspective sure. what happens when you have a a property that is you know good quality average days on market or below average days on market, mm -hmm. you get a, a tenant in there who is likely to stay for a couple of years. Usually. 
look at what happens when you take out that vacancy rate oh, because yeah, no. people want to stay. They don't yeah. they, you know, you're, you're doing maintenance, mm-hmm. you're providing a good pro a uh, good product. Hopefully you've partnered with a great management company who cares about the resident experience. Yeah. So tenant is not leaving. Look no, at what happens no, to your not. cash flow number from year two. And, and also take into the account, like in your notes, make sure that, you know, we're looking at the fact that we changed it from 15 days, which is the actual time over there, down to five, and it jumped up to 195. Year two, guess what? You don't have to worry about vacancy. It goes down to zero days because there's a tenant in place. Now your cash flow jumps up to $244.12. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Hey, now you're halfway there to your $500 a month mark exactly. on this one property just in year two. Guess what, Christine? If we just followed this path for another couple of years, do you think we can get to $500 a month? Um, yes, please. Yes, please. Yeah. 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 It's because, okay, I believe it was Warren Buffett and this could be apocryphal and I could be wrong. So, uh, listener, please let me know if this is not exactly correct, but I believe don't it, throw tomatoes. Don't throw tomatoes at me. But, but from, from what I can remember, Warren Buffett had a quote about real estate investing that it was not timing the market. The, the, the trick to real estate investing is not timing the market. Oh, buy when everything crashes and it's low and sell once it gets really high, which is a thing that we see a ton of right now. People are trying to time it. Oh, I'm going to cash out. But it's time in the market that makes you wealth. There's one way that can make you money. There's another way that can build you wealth, and that is time in the market. The longer you go down this, what one of, one of the non-variable numbers is that loan payment. What happens when you start paying that principal down to almost nothing? If you, if you keep paying your principal down and it keeps dropping from, you know, $542, you could drop it down. You could refinance it and just make it mm-hmm. lower. You can keep going lower or you could pay it off quicker. There's a lot of ways you can handle that. You get that down to nothing. That adds an additional $500 to your cash flow. That's ridiculous. But even if you don't do that, you keep cutting down several costs. Like you can keep chopping some of these numbers down. The the year that you replace your HVAC roof and water heater, what do you think next year's maintenance cost is going to be? Very little. Very little. And if you already had put aside, in this case, Mm -hmm. we're putting aside that $50, let's say you have to do a major or... uh, a larger repair on okay. year year three. Mm-hmm. So if you had, I don't know, let's say $200 in maintenance for year one, mm-hmm. $100 maintenance in year two. Mm-hmm. So you basically, you have, you have some money just sitting around yeah, waiting. Yeah, you've got like 15, 1600 bucks left in, in this model right here, you still have 15 or 1600 bucks just kind of laying around in your reserve that you can use to fix that water heater when it blows. Exactly. Um, it's going to cost me 1200 bucks. Oh, look, I've still got 1500 left in my reserve. (laughs) Talk about, talk about planning for your cash flow. That's it. Because imagine you don't plan for that. I need to make 200 and you know, $80 a month cash flow because I've calculated incorrectly. And let's say you can't make that number because something happens. You don't plan for your maintenance at all. You don't plan for vacancy. You don't put that in there. And then what happens when, well, now we have an issue. Well, you can't afford to fix it. Do you think your tenant is going to stay in that property? Nope. If 
it's flooded or if the HVAC doesn't work? What if, oh, I don't know, the roof starts leaking? Are, are you going to be able to hold them in that property? No, when they, they're going to leave, you're going to lose what could have been a great tenant. You're going to lose income and then you're back to vacancy. And now you've got maintenance costs because you've got to fix it before you can put a new tenant in there. Because that those costs, when maintenance comes up, they don't go away. Those That cost doesn't go down, right? Oop. Like, let's talk about right this minute how maintenance costs just nationwide have gone up because material costs have gone up. And, and labor costs. Absolutely. And also, there's too much work, not yeah. enough vendors. Absolutely. So that's another thing you have to take into consideration, too. And... That's why you have to know your cat. You have to know what your money is doing. Absolutely. I mean, there's so much of this that is just making sure that you're operating these businesses in the most efficient way possible. Um, when, when you are working with a high quality property manager, when you're working with us, let's just, let's just, let's just say it. If you're working with us, the efficiencies that we have to handle these, to plan these out for the future, the way that we increase tenants rents, like that is a spreadsheet unto itself that we have an internalized software that increases the rent based on the tenants performance while they're in the property it's not just what's their credit score and how much income do they make like we do a way deeper dive than that when we're you know screening tenants to begin with but we screen the tenant all year long we continue to screen them do they cause any damage they pay late what they do so anything that you can do to watch over the variable expenses the better more successful you're going to be I think that's the bottom line. That's the takeaway from, you know, what is cash flow? What properties are positive? That's the takeaway. It it is. But but I think we're leaving you know, there there's definitely an elephant in the room. What's that? And and it's it's like I can hear it. I, I can I can hear it. Well, you didn't talk about variable costs when it comes to property management. Should, should I should I pay less for my property manager? Can I talk my property manager into cutting their costs down so that I can increase my number? If I can't hand if I can't change my taxes, I can't change my insurance, I can't change my loan. So Ma- maintenance, yeah, we can do something about maintenance. You know, let's talk about vacancy. That, we can do something management fees. So let's let's say you decide you want to self manage. What does that actually look like in your cash flow analysis what impact does that have on your variable expenses do you think that you can lease this property quicker than i can the answer is just no it's just it's not even close yeah i mean maintenance costs literally maintenance costs people because they're not working with a professional i've i've watched people try and self-manage because oh management costs too much i'm like oh that is that is not a I'm paying too much for this because what you're about to what you're about to find out is yes I've calculated maintenance cost at fifty dollars and twenty three cents a month because I've factored it in at six hundred and two dollars a year oh I'm going to self manage and then they 
they make that fifty dollars. You know, every month that they don't actually have to go and fix something, they think they're making that extra fifty dollars in cash flow. They think they're getting that extra seventy-seven dollars in cash flow. They're not even factoring in vacancy for the most part. So and then, then they, they've looked at my model and gone, "Well, Jonathan said I was only going to make one hundred and ninety-eight dollars and sixteen cents a month. Look, I'm making." You know, almost three hundred dollars a month now. He see all it was, all it took was for me to self manage, and then what happens? Month eighteen rolls around, and, and, and yeah, <laughs> or or month eight, Christine. Yep, month eight, and, and and your tenant needs to be evicted, which costs a ton of money. Um, so now you get to throw attorneys fees in. Oh God, which and, and I'm not going to say that we've never had to evict people, no, but our eviction rate is less than one percent how about that mm-hmm. when you talk about things like maintenance cost what christine and i were talking about when we were talking about maintenance the reason that we get the pricing that we do is because we give them more business and we're more efficient than you are so i, I really want to talk about mean i know we're talking about cash flow but i think this is one of those big deterrents this is the objection that we hear all the time well you guys charge this for maintenance you guys charge this for maintenance and i really I, I, cheap is not always better. The yeah. cost of cheap or unqualified work is way more expensive than oh God, yeah. the average work order that we have to submit. I, I mean, I know that we don't have time to talk about home warranties right now, but they are the bane of my existence. <laughs> we will, we're going to do an entire episode on maintenance and, and I don't, I know what, the objection is I, we hear it on a daily basis and I don't mean Jonathan and I, I mean property managers or in general, in general you know, even the multifamily space, we hear that all the time. Well, maintenance is this maintenance is that the cost of maintenance or poor maintenance is way more expensive yeah. in the long run than just paying for qualified individuals to do the job right and and to take that out of vague terms what we're talking about when we say that is we're not just saying that like using lower quality materials no we're talking about they aren't doing the jobs properly we have seen it we have taken over properties we have done this and when you walk in and you see plumbing that has been duct taped together because it was the cheapest fix to drop to stop a leak or um, a, a, a HVAC system that all they have been doing is just putting Freon back into it every time it leaks out instead of fixing the issue. Do you know how much Freon costs every time you come in? Yeah, it's cheaper than replacing the coil, but if you're having to pay $150, which is it's, that'd be super low now, it's more like $300, you know, every couple of months by the time it leaks out, $300 times, you know, four quarters you spent 1200 bucks when it could have just been like a 900 dollars fix if you had done it right my personal favorite yeah. is when we had an uncle come over change a supply line that he got out of his garage why are we going to pay 70 dollars for a trip charge that's ridiculous that's a waste of money so now we have this supply line that has flooded i don't know that floor the floor beneath it now we have massive water damage. Yeah. Gets better. Let's not do anything about the water damage. Let's just hope it dries out. Lay some towels down. Lay some towels down. That's great. We'll be fine. Maybe we'll invite Uncle over again to do it. Are, so are we going to say the naughty word? 
So mold <laughs> mold is the, one of the naughtiest words in real estate and in, in, in I think everybody's opinion here uh, because it's mysterious and maybe it costs a ton and maybe we're there's definitely health gonna issues get flagged for and like bad words yeah uh, yeah you're right I mean illicit tag we said mold <laughs> sorry um, it's 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 such a cost sink if mold happens it is so damaging to your overall cash flow. Well, let's talk about that. Let's just, just want to talk about remediation for a second. Well, I just want to, I don't even want to get too much into it. I know the maintenance one is going to be really fun. I know. However, the one thing I do want to say is let's look at that insurance number. Yeah. So that insurance number is a pretty consistent number. Yeah. Fifteen. Usually. Okay. So you have no. Uh, what is it? 5217, sorry. Yeah, $52. Yeah. Pretty steady number, or yeah. should be a pretty steady number. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to that scenario. We have our uncle. Mm-hmm. He goes, does a supply line. Mm-hmm. And now we have this massive claim. <laughs> so what happens to that cost? Oh, it's going to skyrocket. Oh, but wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the VNC rate. Because we've said vacancy, but in our language, it's called a VNC rate, which is a vacancy and collection rate. Mm-hmm. So now we have our resident. Yeah. Who uncle, uncle came over and did the thing and flooded the house inadvertently. And they've been living in this construction zone for yep. a month do you think they want to pay their rent and and do the, do they legally need to yes of course they do are they happy with you no are they going to sign a renewal no and do they owe you rent yeah they do i know it's taken a long time to fix it they, they do owe you rent but how likely even if they're one of the best tenants in the, I, how many times have you answered the phone I am not paying rent to this landlord if he doesn't fix X Y and Z and and we have to explain it your your rent is not owed for them to do this your rent is governed by the lease you've got to do that we're trying to work with them to get it fixed it doesn't matter what we have to say it doesn't matter if they know it's going to hurt their credit they are so mad that you you have let this issue continue and it's not their fault. It's not their fault that you didn't fix it. So more often than not, there's a collection now. There's some collection amount that's going to come from that few hundred dollars mm-hmm. that you saved, air quotes, air quotes, that you saved for maintenance. Oh, and if we talk about the actually losing the tenant and having to place another tenant, hey, guess what? We didn't talk about the leasing fee. Leasing fees are much more expensive than monthly management, and that's like almost a full month's rent. So if we're talking about now you got to do another tenant because you lost your tenant, oh, that's in this case $902. Ouch. So you might see a bigger number in your cash flow yeah, or inaccurate cash flow, but ultimately it is better to... Look at these numbers realistically. Yeah, absolutely. Conservatively. Even. Conservatively. Yeah. And be, pra- be pragmatic with them. Absolutely. I mean, really think about what the cause and effect will be if you make a decision on the variables. And yeah. How, how about this? Um, kind of 
wrap this all up in a nice tidy bow finish everything off you know say good night the thing is this if you don't know how to accurately come up with these numbers yourself don't guess don't guess and hope for the best that is not the way to become a real estate investor that is the way to become hazard (laughs) have the wherewithal to know what you can realistically calculate yourself and for the things that you can't I need you to understand the value of someone that can analyze cash flow for you from real world numbers actual expectations and put it together for you to really see it yes you don't actually lose that $50.23 in maintenance month. Yes, you get it. Set it aside. Set it aside. Let someone that understands how this works do it. We do this all day long every day for hundreds of properties. We know where it's going to go. We've done this. And, and that's the most important thing. If I could say nothing else at all, it's have someone help you with this if you don't, if you don't know how to do this. If this is not your full-time job, it is mine. <laughs> By the way, this is, this is something that we offered to our clients. This is something that, listen, we're special, but get with someone who get with a professional who can help you with this you know yeah. this is this is actually it's it's pretty simple stuff but it's like bad news is always presented best up front yeah of course it is it's, that's been my philosophy for years so present the bad news to yourself and look at what your property is doing absolutely and i, th- I think you know that's that's all all i really wanted to get to today I, look Hey, thank, thank you again so much for listening. Make sure to like, hit subscribe, hit the little bell notification. Um, we, we will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much.